two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in, it's Utah's Well. Sorry we took the week off last week. I'm Tom Hackett. That's Steve Bartle. It's uh, been a chaotic time, um, and we understand uh, and feel sorry for everybody going through uh, the pandemic. Uh, more, some, have a, some have more anxiety than others, Steve. Um, how are you holding up, my friend? You know, it's a little bit more difficult to sleep there, Tom. Uh, when you're waking up by a 5.7 magnitude earthquake, yes. uh, you know, that'll mess with you a little bit. So, you know, sleeping soundly at night, it's a little bit more difficult. But other than that, you know, in a time like this, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. Uh, and you know, that's all I can really ask for. I'm, I'm making, we're making the best with what we have. Right. And I think that's the key for everybody is just making the best of this tough situation that we're all in. Um, you know, but last week was last week was tough, man. I thought the end of the world was coming after last week. It was uh it was daunting. <laughs> it uh, was I think, to say the least. It was uh you know, kind of the start of this coronavirus scare, you know, people like I think a lot of people that maybe weren't taking it that seriously last week started taking it a lot more serious. And then of course the earthquake. So the earthquake's funny, um, and it gave me a fright as well. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I but I have lived in in Tokyo. I lived in Japan for six years from when I was six to twelve, and um, I I think I was speaking to mum and dad about this uh, because obviously that's some time ago now. Uh, I, I believe I had experienced similar earthquakes in the five and a half to six magnitude area, uh-huh. probably four or five times prior to last week's. Um, now it had been some time in between. Earthquake, so right. it certainly gave me a shock. I, I didn't, you know, you, do, you, do you honestly want to know what I thought? What did you think? My first thought. <laughs> this was my very first thought when I, because I was getting up anyway. We, I was going to go play a quick round of nine. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with Benny Lennon, um, just down at the local, and so I was kind of in and out of sleep, want, needing to kind of get out of bed to go get ready for that, because um, you know, seven thirty tea time. Uh, when the course is still closed, of course, mm-hmm. we get out, we walk around, we pay when we get done. We're, we're out of there pretty fast now. The courses are closed, and I'm slowly but surely losing my mind. Long story short, <laughs> I thought North Korea had like had bombed us. Oh, that was that's like, when that, that's no, 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 and, and it's dark, and I'm sorry. <laughs> like, oh man, <laughs> but I can't help what I think. <laughs> that, that, but I, I remember like waking up, shaking. Being like, I think we've just huh? been bombed. 
<laughs> That's and I'm sorry if that offended. I don't know how it would offend people, but it might. That was just my. That's what I thought of the first thing, um, and then obviously that quickly changed. To, no, no, okay, it's just an earthquake. Right, you can hear the rumblings of the ground below you. But, oh man, yeah, it was. Uh, but Freddie, the little fella, he didn't feel it. Oh really? Slept right through it. Right through it. Um, what a champ! The dog woke up. Oh, you okay. had a dog? Uh huh. Well, no, no, I don't. Oh, no, the missus does. Mm. Nice. Well, it's yours. Yeah. Yeah, I back back when I was dating my now wife, I bought her a dog. So technically, dog was hers, but it was kind of more both of ours. And it was your money. Yeah, yeah technically, yeah, it's yeah, yours. Yeah, you bought it. My money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dogs not expensive. They're not cheap either. Okay. <laughs> um. So anywho, no, it's it's been it's been a lot, and of course the the sporting world, right? Yeah, shut down. <sighs> Holy moly. Have you been co- how, like seriously? How have you been coping? I've been uh, watching a lot of old replays, a lot of highlights, a lot of clips. Like just on the on the tube on, on the, the tube? on the YouTube. Yep, on YouTube. Just going back. I'm having withdrawals. I think Tom. This has been tough. This has been a tough time. Uh, you know, my life revolves around sports. Of course. You know, I'm I'm the type of, you know, for lack of a better term, I'm the type of meathead, or I just keep Sports Center on twenty four seven, like. Even if I've seen the same story three, four, five times, you know, that's still what is on the TV at my house. Right. Does does your missus, does she enjoy sport too? She doesn't hate it. No, she she actually enjoys sports. She does. Yeah. She's a, you know, she's a Utah grad. She goes to the the football games, the basketball games. She's a big sports fan, actually. Oh, man. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. No, count your She's great. Oh, I know. I'm very lucky. um, Yeah. My wife could not care less. Yeah. In fact, when when I was a player, Steve, mm-hmm. um, the story goes from her brothers that you know she liked to in, engage in you know some dirty Dr Pepper's preview b- before the game. Oh, started. okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Very rarely would she abuse the dirty Dr Pepper's, but but who knows? Right. Sometimes she'd, right. she'd be sitting with her family, and uh, the story I've been told multiple times is that you know on fourth down, like they would have to tell her. When I was out there. And look, I'm not offended by it, although I may come across as if I am. <laughs> but it's like, Kate. I, I think it's okay if you're offended. It's like I'm out there for maybe 45 seconds in total. Can you just watch me swing the leg, please? Please. Yeah. I'm working on my flexibility just for you. And you're not even paying. I mean, I'm in my tight tights, you know. The I'm shorts. running these fake punts. You never know. No, that, that's rare. Uh, that was rare. But uh, she certainly didn't see them. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh man, she just doesn't. She didn't care for it. So we just we kind of just got into this Amazon Prime thing, mm-hmm. um, and and I guess foolishly we'd we'd had Amazon Prime for a while. We just hadn't downloaded the the video, well, you know, whatever Prime Video, whatever sure. they call. And so uh, anyway, I'm watching all sorts of st- new stuff on there. It's great. Yeah, uh, there's a cricket documentary which i'm trying so so i'm trying to explain to her crickets just not going well at all um and and it's you know what she does like college basketball oh yeah okay which is a shame we don't have that that's probably what i dislike the most is college basketball i, I really what do. especially this time march so madness march madness i can play okay that's all right fun. you you can you can you know buckle down and Okay. Of course, because you know there's upsets and fails, yeah. and i'm all about you know the underdog story but just right. c- c- like a college basketball season to me, 
um, when there's pro basketball going on at the same time. I I'm just all about the pro basketball. Ah, you're you're about the LeBron Jameses and not the. I just like buckets. Steve, yeah. You okay. Know? You're okay. And I don't mean to offend anybody, but there's probably more bricks in college basketball than there are buckets. Well, they play defense, Tom. They don't. They can't spell defense in the NBA. This is true. No, this is true. But I'm <laughs> other uh, than Rudy Gobert. I, I'm not like I'm not like an old school basketball fan that preaches on the defense <laughs> thing. So I'm all about this new age. Yeah, Let's put up points. We want buckets. Uh, yeah, I like you know the Steph Curry's of the world who when they shoot they score. But uh, anywho, moving on. Uh, college football. This is I guess what this podcast is about. Now, now we will say. Um, you know, pri- we are going to continue doing this podcast yeah. because the people right now at home, or at least a lot of people, like I shouldn't stereotype. They, they, uh, they. I assume they probably want an escape. Yes. And this might be an escape for for some of those people, and so we will continue to do this podcast. Now, it's worth noting the news from a college football standpoint: few and far between. Few, few, few and far between. Right. So you're not going to necessarily get uh, too many. Too many, um, you know, deep dives into what's going on in the program mm-hmm. right now because they're just quite. There isn't a, there isn't a ton, but what I can tell you is is all of the players and coaches right now have gone home. Yeah. Um, except for Ben. Ben unfortunately decided not to go home. He's here in the states still. I'm um, sorry, Tom. That's okay. It's all right. He's got a a beautiful girlfriend <laughs> who's one of my my wife's best friends, and so we all, we hang out. And I'd prefer him to be here. It gives me oh, kind okay. of a way to hang right. out. But that's selfish of me because he probably wants to go home. Um, Thomas Yasmin and Felix. They went uh, home. They went home. Right. So the two other Aussies on the team went home. Ben did not. Regardless, everybody else has gone home. Mm-hmm. Um, we've spoken to the SID. Both Steve and I have Paul Kirk uh, requesting interviews because I think now's a good time to kind of talk to guys. Maybe not even about the football side of things, yeah. just about life in general. See how they're holding up. Um, how they're how they're handling. Um, working from home, doing school from home, hanging out with maybe the parents like they were 15 again. Mm-hmm. Um, we will hopefully start to be able to get those interviews next week. Yeah. Uh, obviously, last week was uh, somewhat chaotic with, with those guys traveling and trying to sort everything out. And uh, This week, they're starting to get into the groove. They're giving the guys this week uh, to, to still settle down. Next week, hopefully, though, we'll be able to get some players um, and, of course, coaches on the program via a phone call. We will see. Now, th- there is recruiting news mm-hmm. that we need to get to um, eventually. We, we also posed a question um, to the people out there. Um, if you don't follow us on Twitter, Steve, your handle? SBartle247. And you can follow myself at Tom Can't Hack It. Um, I posed a question. Just asking those out there that are interested what they want to talk about, what they want to hear, um, any news regarding this, that, or the other. And we'll get to those questions in the second segment of the show. Um, before, before we get into that, um, there's been speculation, Steve, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts as to whether or not the coronavirus could impact the college football season. Yeah, you know, I, I think we're, we're going to get to that point where things start to look a little dicey, right? In terms of football coaches, you need preparation. You need time to get your team to a level where you feel you can compete. And I think we're getting to that point where, you know, the coronavirus could keep us in lockdown until June or July. And and that's, you know, around the time that fall camp starts. And it may even extend past that. You know, I, I think, we're in we're in uncharted territory with this thing, and, and we don't know what to expect. Um, 
you know, in the foreseeable future. And, and I think with the loss of spring camp and those practices, which is crucial for a lot of programs and Utah in particular, because they depend on those practices and that time to develop players, to coach them up. And, and especially this season, when you have to replace an entire secondary, nearly an entire defense, you know, you need those practices to be able to figure out who's going to be the guys that I can count on, that I can trust out on the field. You know, Utah was only able to to use three of their 15 allotted practices. That's a lot of time that they're losing. And, and I think coaches value those practices. I don't think we understand how valuable they are, um, you know, to the team, to the individuals themselves. So I think... You know, we are getting to that point, and, and we've seen it in, in, in professional sports. We've seen it with the Olympics where they're pushing things back now. And, and with football starting around the same time, you know, in, in the summer months, I think we're, we're, you know, we're getting awfully close to this thing impacting college football season, and that is absolutely terrifying. I'm not ready for that time. No, 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 no. I don't think that uh, – I, I think most people are on your side, Steve, when – when you say you're not ready for the college football season to be lost, what will happen, in my opinion, is probably the same thing that we saw happen with the Olympics, and that was maybe about a week ago. Now you you heard the the swimming the U.S. swimming team come out and say, "Hey, you know, to the U.S. team, can we can we can we can we at least ask the IOC to the International Olympic Committee to to postpone the Olympics? We don't feel safe. Uh, our athletes aren't training, so they're not going to be in the right physical." condition to uh, to really give it their best uh, and then a few days later we obviously heard Canada pulled their entire team out of the Olympics and of course a few days after that was when we we heard the news of the IOC. I, I imagine something similar happens with with college football if it does get to that point now obviously we hope it doesn't mm-hmm. and, and we can nip this uh, pandemic and the virus that's very serious in the butt um, mm-hmm. utilize social distancing and um, and just take care of one another don't go out if you're sick you know you've heard You've heard all the health experts talk to you at nauseam about all the uh, appropriate protocol. Um, and if we can somehow find a way to, to kind of get – maybe the summer months will help as well. You know, they, they, there's obviously talk that um, that the heat uh, might help kind of kill the virus. But but who knows? Um, only time will tell regarding mm-hmm. that. So uh, regardless, if it does get to June, July, and we're still kind of in this phase – where we're being told to try and stay home as much as possible. Uh, I think what will happen is some college football teams, uh, some athletic directors will will just simply come out and say, "Hey, we're not we're not right. going to compete right. this season." And and if that's you know the Alabamas of college football or the Clemsons or Ohio State's or LSU's or even the USC's and Oregon's and Washington's, you know, some of these bigger name programs, if if some of those schools say, "Hey, we're not." We're not going to be a part of the 2020 season if it's played when it's meant to be played in the fall. Then I think the NCAA is going to be forced into a decision to to either cancel the season altogether or or simply postpone it to um, to another time, mm-hmm. maybe early uh, maybe early 2021. Which, by the way, I think would be awesome. Um, really, I do. I, I, yeah, and it would pain it would pain me to not have college football in the fall. Um, that, that, that would certainly sting because that is something that I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast and, and millions upon millions of other people around the United States and quite frankly, the globe, you know, really do enjoy watching 
college football. But at the same time, if if it's not safe and if it's going to be altered and and changed and uh, and harmed because of the coronavirus, then let's just push it back to the 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 spring of. 2021. Quite frankly, Steve, I have always been um, a believer that the college football offseason is too long. And I understand that these kids, uh, quite literally kids, you know, 18 year old, 19 mm-hmm. year old kids, their body cannot be put under too much stress. Uh, and so a 12 game season, at most 15 games, if you, if you win the whole thing, is probably about right, but at the same time, I mean, it's like a nine-month off-season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went through, I went through four of them, and it is a long time, you mm-hmm. know, to just, especially in the winter. The guys have just come out of the winter conditioning; they had started spring ball, but that winter session where you're not allowed any practices and you're quite simply just lifting weights, throwing the iron around, and and running conditioning. That is really, really painful, and I, I, I'd be okay if if it was safe to do so to to just push the college football season into spring of twenty twenty one, then have the summer off um, and do some light work, get the get the bodies back, um, and and away we go for for twenty twenty one in the fall. But you know, we're not there yet, right? But but it's certainly a possibility, and I know I, I know it's been talked about. Uh, between some athletic directors, so uh, only yeah. time will tell. Yeah, I think this is something where you know athletic directors, um, particularly you know Pac-12 athletic directors, it seems they're a little bit more um, in the forefront of you know erring on the side of caution with this pandemic. Um, I think what you have to look at is if this continues into August and September. That could impact, you know, people attending games. You know, whether we're allowed to to go out, if you know restrictions are are lifted, still people may not be willing to go out into public situations like, say, Rice Eccles Stadium, right? And and that's something where financially that's going to impact the program. Where football is, you know, it's it's the cow, it's it's everything, right? That's where the butter is, the bread is is buttered with with college athletics is. Football supports all the other athletic programs because of the revenue that it generates. And and it generates that revenue from people attending games, from concessions, from all of that. And without that, with the potential for, you know, financial loss there, I think that's where this is kind of scary is that, you know, college football, college programs may be impacted financially by this, which would really hamstring the entire, you know, athletics. So, you know, where are we? In a couple months, we'll see. Hopefully, this this thing starts to turn around, and I think we're seeing it in certain areas uh, where it, it looks like things are are trending the right way. But we've still got a long ways to go, and I think you know we saw it with not only you know Coach Whittingham but Coach Kraskoviak yesterday released some videos, public service announcements, you know about the the coronavirus and taking this serious. And I think it's because there is still. You know, it, it it does look a little daunting right now, and it, it's going to take all of us to buy in to what is being asked of us, um, you know, to do our part and to, you know, stay away from, you know, social distancing and all that kind of stuff. We got to do our part in order to, to make this thing happen. Certainly. Um, the, more you, the more, you know, I kind of think about 
how it might impact Utah football's team in particular. The, the more I think Utah is probably at a, at a disadvantage, um, and I guess the reason behind that is, is, is quite simple. Utah, and Utah's not the only team, you know, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Oregon's going to be going through something similar. Um, Washington, um, you know, teams that are trying to break in a new quarterback. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it certainly hurts those programs more. Um, the quarterback being the most important position on, on any football team. Um, and I, I don't think that's up for debate. Utah's got a quarterback battle going on right now between two highly touted kids. One with, uh, well, both with a, with a lot of talent. One that has game experience. Another that's been in the program for longer um, in Cam Rising. And, and they're trying to, the coaching staff's trying to figure out who who the right man is for the job, mm-hmm. and it's it's a competition. And I guess Drew Lisk is 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 also in in the fold uh, and in the thicker things. So we can't we can't forget about Big Liskinator. But um, but that's got to be really hard for the coaches to to try and figure out if the college football season doesn't get postponed and we are able to kind of nip this thing in the butt and and end up playing in the fall. You know, th- this is valuable valuable time practices that would have gone a long way in helping the coaches decide who the right man is for that starting quarterback role, um, and they're not going to be able to get that. So it's going to certainly make the decision on on the quarterback position um, much more challenging for Coach Ludwig, uh, the entire offensive staff, and of course, Coach Whittingham. What, what, what are your thoughts, Steve, when it comes to the quarterback spot? Yeah, you know, that's a, a great question. And I think when you're, you're looking at the quarterbacks, obviously it helps that Jake Bentley has three years of playing experience, right? He's, he's got that, um, the know-how he's done it in the SEC, which, you know, there are terrific athletes in that conference year in and year out, particularly on the defensive side. Um, and so I think, you know, you, you gotta like what, what you have in Bentley in terms of just his experience. But I think Cam Rising with his year in the program, I think you got to look at him as the guy that has the upper hand right now just because he's a little bit more familiar with not only the playbook, but what some of the other options are in terms of how Andy Ludwig operates, um, you know, options within plays audibles, if you will, that kind of thing. And I, and just, Having the chemistry with the receivers, um, yes, Rising operated as the scout team quarterback, but still there are plenty of opportunities for him to work with the receivers, to get on the same page with those guys. And I think what we learned from Andy Ludwig uh, last season is that you know he wants a guy that fits his system. He he, it's not that he doesn't value previous playing experience, but he's going to value. Um, and and put quarterbacks, you know, rank quarterbacks on the depth chart according to how they're performing in practice. And I think, you know, when you consider that with what we saw last year with Drew Lisk and Jason Shelley, I think you've got to look at a guy who has the, who is acclimated to the system, to the playbook, to the chemistry with the receivers. And I think you got to look at Cameron Rising as the guy that um, is is probably the favorite. I think Coach Whittingham even mentioned it. Um, geez, it feels like a year ago, but it was you know the final practice that they were able to get in before they shut things down. But you know he mentioned, 
you know, right now it's it's Cameron Rising, Drew Lisk, and then Jake Bentley third. And I don't think that should come as a big shock to people just because Bentley is kind of going through, you know, where he's getting acclimated to everything here. He's so new to Utah still. Um, so that shouldn't come as a surprise, but I think that's how you kind of have to look at it is Rising has the upper hand right now. What, what I guess from Jake Bentley's standpoint, it does allow him to put his hand in the playbook mm-hmm. and get to know the plays better. Um, it, it doesn't allow him to create chemistry with the wide receiving and, and tight end groups, um, which which will hurt him probably come full camp. Uh, but at the same time, you know, priority number one for Bentley is just getting to know the playbook mm-hmm. better, um, understanding how how Coach Ludwig wants to wants to handle uh, certain situations mm-hmm. uh, depending on on how they may arise. Um, and I, and look, I, I've I've no doubt that. Uh, in fact, I've I, I know that the, the assistant coaches, the position group coaches, have been in contact with their playing groups. Right. Um, almost on the daily. Mm-hmm. So I, I guarantee you Coach Ludwig has been speaking to his, his quarterbacks, uh, going through the playbook, maybe even watching film. You know, there's technology out there nowadays that allows you to kind of pull up a computer screen and, and mm-hmm. share that computer screen with other people to watch. So um, so they're, they're still doing work. It's just not physical. Right. Um, and and I also know they've they've all the players have been given a uh, a, a playbook essentially that includes kind of a workout regime right. for them to follow and to try and stay in shape. Now they're not going to stay in as good a shape right. as they would be if they were in in the program in the facility working out with the strength and conditioning staff. But at the same time, it's better than nothing. It's better than sitting on your couch and uh, and watching Sports Center like you and I. Yeah, you know I think that that's key, and I think they've. They've done a good job. Coach Whittingham mentioned this in an interview on an, on another local radio station uh, that you know they've kind of tailored things to the players and what they have available to them in terms of you know workout equipment and, and that kind of stuff. And I think that that's key for these guys. You know, another group that I, an individual that I'm, you know, we've already talked about the secondary. We've talked about the defense. We know kind of what is going on there. There's a lot to replace. But another group that I'm, um kind of worried about is now the offensive line right you know and and yes they are returning four starters which is great that's a great starting point for your offensive line but you almost have to look at the offensive line as almost restarting every year because you have to build that chemistry with all five and all five have to be in harmony with one another and without those reps um you know where you've got to find that fifth guy that you're comfortable with and, you know, for when we talk to people, most people are, are raving about Keaton Bills and what he's been able to do so far in the program. And and I think he's kind of the odds on favorite to win that that starting job um, along the offensive line. And, and I think that's one position group where I'm a little bit concerned, particularly, you know, with building the chemistry. But with another player, you know, the highly touted Bam Oleseni, you know, he needed these this these spring practices to make progress in terms of you know understanding the playbook understanding his responsibilities as an offensive tackle uh to continue working on his physical fitness and getting his his game his athleticism where it needed to be in order to be a major contributor and so you know he's going to be pretty pretty he's going to be impacted pretty heavily by the loss of these practices so you know, we'll see. And and these guys are going to work hard while they're at home and that kind of thing. 
Uh, but that's one group in particular, uh, where I'm, I'm rather concerned just because you need those practices, um, to, to kind of kickstart that chemistry and, and, and to work on, you know, your game and, and that kind of thing. So that's, that's another concern of mine is the offensive line moving forward. And I think that's one area, one position group that needs to make a big leap forward if Utah is going to be competitive this year in the Pac-12. I, I, you know, I, I think you're, um, you're spot on. I'm pulling up the, the, the depth chart as we speak. Keaton Bills is a guard, or at mm-hmm. least that's where they've got him. Yeah, they've got left him at guard. The left guard spot. And, and that was originally where Nick Ford played in, in 2019. Nick, Nick Ford's been pushed out to left tackle. And I, I will say that that concerns me a little bit. We saw, uh, we saw movement. Really, across the entire season, Coach Harding was was having a, a, a challenging time trying to figure out who plays where. I, I, I'll never forget against Washington up there at Husky Stadium. There was a lot of movement. Um, Paul Tawala was thrown in there for for a split second. Braden Daniels, remember, he started at at right tackle. Then then he came off with with a shoulder injury, and Simi Mawala went back into the role. Bam, um, Bam started at right tackle and got the shoulder injury. Sorry, yeah, yeah Bam, Bam started at the right tackle, got the shoulder, and then Simi came in. Yep. Um, uh, and I, I remember um, Nick Ford started at guard, and then they dropped somebody. Ford pushed out to left tackle for for just a few few plays, um, and he really he battled. He struggled for a, for a while there. So, um, so the tape of, of Nick Ford being at a tackle position isn't great. Now now granted he's got the size, right? Six five. Mm-hmm. You know, he's certainly certainly tall enough. You want your tackles to be taller than your guards, generally speaking. But um but there's no doubt that, that on the offensive line you've you've got to have, you know, as much chemistry as any position group. Um and they're not going to be able to really work with one another yeah. at doing that. So um so who knows? I think Orlando Umana it's fair to say he'll start at center. Mm-hmm. Um and it say, it sounds as if Keaton Bills has that guard spot locked up. I mean, I I, I remember hearing around uh, around the the grapevine that Keaton Bills even prior to to the spring of 2020, just during during the fall of last season when he was predominantly playing kind of as a scout team mm-hmm. player, you know, against the first defense, he was really really impressive mm-hmm. um, and showing a lot. So. So it'll be exciting to see, regardless what Keaton Bills is able to do at, at left guard, assuming that's where he starts. But, but I, I will admit, Nick Ford at left tackle. I, I thought what was going to happen, Big Bam was going to go to left tackle. That was what I thought. I thought, I, I, I thought Keaton Bills would start at guard. I thought Nick Ford would then bump Braden Daniels out of the right guard spot, just because I thought Braden Daniels, although he played well at times during last season, he didn't end well. I thought against Oregon and Texas, he really, really struggled. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just assumed maybe Nick Ford would take over that role. Simi Mawala would, would continue playing right tackle. And, of course, Orlando Amana at center. But um, but who who knows at right. this point? I mean, you know, the word coming out from Big Bam Olaseni is that his, his footwork is just, is just a little slower than they had hoped. Now, he is 6'7", 332 pounds, so maybe he tries to... Shed a few few pounds and and get that down to maybe three twenty uh, and pick his his footwork up that way. But um, again, I I think going back to the original 
um, conversation. I I just feel as though Utah right now and, and the phase that they're in, they're they're probably at a disadvantage with this whole coronavirus more so than other teams. Because the quarterback position, obviously, is one we've talked about. Uh, that's going to cause confusion amongst the coaching staff more so than it should. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, Steve, the offensive line, another big role um, in, in winning football games is, is also going to be concerning. So uh, we should probably take our one and only timeout. We, we do need to give a shout-out to Nate Wade Subaru. Um, it, it might not be the best time to buy a car. You might not feel comfortable going outside and, and checking out their, their brilliant facility filled with thousands of cars um they're not they're not asking you to come down they're just saying when the time's right they'd love to see you. it's 2107 south main street salt lake city the oldest subaru dealership in all of north america just minutes from downtown salt lake city that's nate wade subaru we'll be back with your questions uh, and steve has some recruiting news it's not much but it's a, it's enough we'll get to that after this short message Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back into It's Utah's World. Myself, Steve Bartle, Tom Hackett, back in the studio. Want to give you guys a quick little recruiting update. Obviously, what we're seeing right now is the NCAA, Utah football, have suspended or at least considered moving uh, recruiting into a dead period, and what that dead period is, there's no in-person contact, right? So uh, f- coaches can still call, they can still text, heck, they can even still FaceTime and, and get that FaceTime with recruits and that kind of thing, uh, but no in-person contact. So recruits can't, can't take visits, whether it be official visits or unofficial visits. Uh, coaches can't go to schools, they can't do in-home visits, that kind of thing. So uh, it is a dead period, but there is still recruiting going on. And so uh, I've talked to a few, few recruits, and I think what everybody wants to know is what is going on at the quarterback position. And uh, when you talk about the quarterback position and, and recruiting, you know, you got to start with Peter Costelli, who is the quarterback out of Mission Viejo. I, I consider him Utah's top target at uh, quarterback this recruiting cycle. And He's a he's a kid. He's already visited Utah unofficially twice. He visited last summer and then again during the season. Uh, but he was planning to take you know an additional trip uh, to Utah and Nebraska over the last few weeks, and those of course have had to be canceled. Uh, and so I, I reached out to Peter Costelli, and you know we we talked briefly. But he mentioned that yeah, this with this coronavirus situation, 
his plans have have had to be delayed a little bit. You know, he was hoping to make a decision uh, by the time the summer was rolling around, and now that's in jeopardy of not happening. And so uh, you're seeing it with the top recruits, uh, the top tier talent in terms of you know Peter Costelli being a four star talent. He's got a lot of programs that are recruiting him. Nebraska is probably the biggest competition uh, for Costelli with. With Utah, you've got Northwestern, Michigan State, Colorado. All of these programs are recruiting Costelli. And, you know, it's going to be difficult because Peter did want to take some visits this spring, and now he's not going to be able to do that. So this impacts uh, Utah recruiting and, and, and Peter Costelli and what that means for the trickle-down effect. Other guys are, are seeing the same thing where it's basically – it hasn't necessarily killed other kids' recruitment, but it's definitely impacted their timelines, their decisions. And so the question then becomes, does this situation benefit or hurt Utah? And when I think of Utah recruiting, I think, you know, it all it starts with their culture, with their family first culture, and they rely heavily on building relationships with their recruits and having that strong relationship with not only the recruit, but the families and that kind of thing. And so you need time to develop and strengthen those relationships. And Utah loves to bring kids in on official visits or unofficial visits during the season uh, where, you know, they can experience the atmosphere at Rice-Eccles Stadiums because, you know, that place is rocking um, and and fans make a very good impression uh, for kids on these recruiting visits. And, you know, I think with everybody being forced to delay decisions, I think that this benefits Utah in the long run. You know, we'll see what happens with college football and, and what goes on, you know, with the coronavirus and, and all of this. And we hope that it eventually changes and, and we can kind of get back to normal life. But I think in the long run, I think this benefits Utah more than it hurts them just because of how they recruit and, and what they rely on heavily to, to find success uh, in the recruiting world. When you, you talk about, you know, I mentioned that they rely heavily on relationships. Clark Phillips, the third Utah's, you know, gem in this previous signing class, uh, he in large part flipped from Ohio State to Utah because of the relationship that he had with Sharif Shaw. And so that's what I, I'm looking at. Utah is always going to play the long game with, with recruits because they rely heavily on on building those relationships. So, you know, I've reached out to a few other kids. Uh, we'll see what the total impact will be on the recruiting world. This also hurts the evaluation process because kids aren't able to participate in track and in some of these camps and in evaluation periods. So we'll see what impacts, how that impacts, you know, my world, you know, at 24-7 sports and what we do there. Uh, but, that's uh, that's the recruiting stuff there, Tom. FaceTime. Yeah, FaceTime. It's, it's key. Very valuable. Yes. Um, now, now it is also worth noting. You know, obviously Utah's Utah's in kind of the same boat as every other college football team. So it's not like there are other college football coaches going out recruiting, right. knocking on 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 recruits' doors, prospects' doors, and sitting down with the family having dinner with them. Right? They they're all in this together. Um. So if you if you are a recruit or going through this. You're uh, you're certainly not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a little different than I'm sure you would have you had have imagined a year yep. or two ago. But regardless, it's uh, it's it's just kind of the nature of the beast right now, and it's it's reality, unfortunately. 
Um, but recruiting is is still happening, uh, which is good news. Uh, we we got, I asked some people online. Um, follow Steve at sbartle two four seven or myself at Tom Can't Hack It, uh, and we'll try post some some more of these these little segments uh, throughout this this challenging time to give you guys the the fans and the listeners kind of a way to to ask questions if you have them about what's happening yeah. or, or, or or if we have a guest on you know we'll let you know um at least 24 hours in advance to try and to try and give you guys some some the ability to ask you know coach Whittingham a question to interact right exactly uh, and a lot of these questions we've answered already so um Tyson Horrocks for example asked Will we have games with fans this fall? I think we've kind of talked mm-hmm. about that enough. Uh, we we don't know, um, but we certainly hope so. Although there is uh, there is a chance that that the season may well be cancelled or postponed. Um, uh-huh. Dustin Barker asked who who will be the starting quarterback. Steve, I thought you answered that. I think right now um, Cam Rising is is the guy. Now that 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 can certainly change. There's no mm-hmm. doubt. Uh, an interesting question. From uh, Maximus Powerus, Steve, uh, who asks, has the balance of the risk of signing Brentley been properly thought through? He says, I get that competition is good, but do we run the risk of losing rising in the long run for a short-term game? Is it worth it? He tends to trust Ludwig, as I'm sure many Utah fans uh, do, but, but this, to him, at least seems to be a gamble. Uh, what are your immediate thoughts when it comes to the risk of signing signing Jake? Yeah, I mean, on the surface, I, I understand coming away with that kind of thinking, right? Where Rising came here from Texas to be the guy, and now you bring in another graduate transfer. Um, but what if I told you that Cameron Rising played a part in Bentley coming to Utah? Would that change your thinking at all? And I think that's something that when you listen to Cameron Rising, he embraces competition. And, you know, Bentley, he's got the experience, he's got the playing time, but, you know, rising, he's a confident kid, and I don't think that he's afraid of competition, and he understands what it means to compete. And, you know, he's confident in himself. I don't think there's much of a risk um, in in hurting rising here uh, in terms of what this could do if, if Bentley wins the job and that kind of thing. I don't think there's much of a risk here because – you know, from everybody that I've talked to, and, and it sounds like Rising, in fact, did play a part in bringing Bentley to to Utah. So that's an interesting dynamic, uh, and you know, kudos to Rising. I think he's he's got the right mentality. You know, after going through it at Texas, I think he understands you know the value of competition. I think he's here for the long run. He, so I, I I did not know that um, that he 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 may have played a role. Mm-hmm. I I obviously have heard many stories um, that that his recruiting his ability to recruit is immense. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, so to give you guys some insight that, that may not know when uh, a prospect or a recruit comes on campus for his official or unofficial visit, he's he's paired up with uh, with somebody that's currently on the football team to try and show him around and. And um and and kind of give them what they're after, whatever that may be, you know. And so, um, Cam Rising has played, especially during the 2019 season, as mm-hmm. he was a scout team member. Um, he didn't have as many obligations to uh, go to certain team activities like you know guys that travel do, and uh, and so he had time, especially when the team goes away, right? When they when they travel, 
uh, Cam Rising would would stay home back in Salt Lake City and and hang out with whoever's in town and or if there's a home game the same would would apply you know he wouldn't Cam wouldn't have to go to the hotel the night before to to check in for meetings and all that although I'm sure he visited when he was hosting guys but he could kind of show them around the town and 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 you know depending on what everybody's into you kind of yeah, if you want to go yeah. to a, a house party, they go to a house party. If you want to go watch a movie, go to the cinemas, you know, whatever whatever it is. Um, long story short, Cam Rising was very influential in signing mm-hmm. a number of players to this Utah football roster. So uh, it doesn't surprise me. And I will say when it comes to the competition standpoint, it is uh, – I, I didn't understand the, the value or, or the importance of a good, healthy competition until I actually was put in the position – um, and I understand as a, as a punter, it's it's somewhat different, obviously, to to a quarterback competition. Sure, but at the yeah. same time, the, the 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 same principles apply. And and the bottom line is, if if you want to play college football at a very high level, uh, you have got to prove your worth, and you've mm-hmm. got to prove your worth before that first game comes about. Um, uh, you you'll feel a, a lot more comfortable if you end up winning the job, uh, knowing that you've. You've been able to beat one, two, three, four, however many people out of that that job. Uh, come game one, anyway, it should give you confidence. And at the same time, you know, you, you like I found myself, um, especially early going, uh, my 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 sophomore year in particular. I remember halfway through the season, things were going pretty well. Um, but you know, I, I I could certainly be better. Yeah. Um, and, and just knowing that you have someone on your heels that at any point could take your job. If you don't take a practice seriously, that jo- that job may be lost or or whatnot, and and just having having that pressure is is really important in my opinion to getting the best out of yourself. Now, some people don't respond well to competition, and and unfortunately, in the world we live in right now, if you don't respond well to competition, you're probably not going to respond well to when the going gets tough in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, if that's the case, then you should just probably go do something else with your life because college football uh, is not for you. You're certainly not going to make any headway in the pros because that's all it is. Uh, and so the, 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 the importance of competition is, is so high in my opinion, uh, and I know I share the same opinion as every coach up there on the hill because they were essentially the ones that taught me how to, how to handle mm-hmm. um, when the going gets tough. So I... I, I respect the living daylights out of Cam, uh, knowing that now he, he had an impact in bringing Jake Brentley to to the U, um, knowing that maybe he might not win the job, you know. But if he does, he's earned that right. And and hopefully Utah fans respect him uh, more so for doing that. And, um, and and as I've said before, I'll say it again, I'm on Team Rising. I'm, I'm a fan yep. of, of Cam. Uh, I don't know Jake very well, uh, but I've interacted with, with Cam uh, over the past year and uh, I think he's 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 not only very talented, but his personality is infectious. Yes, and, and I think yeah. that that also plays a big role when when we talk about starting quarterback because you, you've got to have a quarterback that demands the respect of of the locker room, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time is somebody that that other players can go to uh, and vent to and talk to thing talk talk to. Talk to him about anything, really. Whatever's going on, I think the quarterback plays a big role yeah. in, in in holding that locker room together. I thought we saw Tyler Huntley take a take a giant leap uh, during twenty twenty, right? In, in that regard, yeah. and, and that probably played a big re- big part as to why Utah was as good as they were um, 
during the 2020 during, me, during the 2019 season. Right? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Sorry to, to cut no, you off the time. Yeah, I, I completely agree that that leadership aspect uh, is plays a big role for the quarterback position. So that was a good question. I thought that was a great question. No, I, I liked it as well. Provo, you'd asked a, uh, a loaded question. He says, who's your all-decade starting offense and defense? Provo, you'd, we apologize. Um, we'll probably have to save that question to next week. We'll do that. Yeah, we'll do like an episode. That, that deserves some time, some discussion, because yeah, that- there have been some great... They really have been. It's been a good decade for Utah. So uh, we'll get back to that question. We promise some some fun questions that are probably worthwhile talking about. Ute fan in Japan. Ute fan in Japan. We hope you're staying safe. But he says, what is on your quarantine playlist, Steve? Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is on my playlist? I've been like videos, music. Do we know? Do we know what he's referring to? I, I assume music. What am I listening to? Have you been listening? Oh, have you been glued to Sports Center like no, uh, no, I, no. I've, I've, fortunately, I've, I've been able to, you know, turn off the Sports Center because there's only so much sports you can talk about right now. I've actually been watching a lot of, uh, a lot of HBO. Oh, okay, stuff. that's cool. Curb, Curb your enthusiasm is I, one that I've been classic. catching up on. Have you seen the Netflix show? Um, and I, and I forget the name, but it's about a, uh, a Cubs baseball fan. That goes to a game. I yeah I no no you haven't seen it? I haven't seen this. Oh, you should watch this. And and I, I'm so sorry, I forget the name. I I should pull it up. But um, it, it's about this Cubs fan and Curb Your Enthusiasm um is featured in it. It's a documentary. Oh, it's about 40 minutes long. Oh, um, is this is the Dodgers fan? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Dodgers. Did fan. I, say I know Cubs? You, you said Cubs. Oh, sorry, I meant Dodgers. The Dodgers fan. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. I haven't watched it. You haven't watched no. it. But yes, no, Larry David is, is featured in this yeah. remarkable story. And it's, it's only 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. Let me pull up um, the name of the show, because if, if you guys out there listening haven't watched it either, it's called uh, Long Shot. Yeah. Is what it's called. Yeah. Um, I need to watch this now. And it's really good. Like, yeah. And again, o- only 40 minutes, which I'm a fan of, because right. sometimes these things can drag, but this <laughs> one doesn't. These multiple episode documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Docu-series, if you will. <laughs> this is just a one-hit wonder. And uh, anyway, you, you mentioned Curb Your Enthusiasm, which obviously has uh, Seinfeld's co-creator, Larry David, um, as the main character, and, and that reminded me of that. But Curb Your Enthusiasm is great. What? Well, have you gotten into any of the HBO documentaries? No, uh-uh. Have I watched. Well, I watched the one on. Jeez, what did I watch? The fake news one. I watched that. Oh, okay. Do you know um, what I'm talking about? I, I can't I know, remember. I don't know the name. I haven't seen it. Um, I, 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 again, I haven't gotten into the HBO documentaries partly because my wife's into like the whole sci-fi thing, which is the complete opposite to me. I prefer <laughs> documentaries. Yeah. So I've been stuck watching. <laughs> Watching uh, Westworld, which I know is very popular. Oh, that's fantastic! I know. Westworld so is great. I, so my problem with Westworld is uh, the first uh, episode of the second season because they're up to the third season now. So this was maybe a year ago. Um, we watched the first two episodes, and then I went to bed that night, and I had a nightmare that both my parents died. Ah, and so I was like, "Yeah, you know what, Westworld, not for me." Kind of scarred me a little bit. Yeah, you know. They die um, from, like, the hands of robots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. it was kind of like a Westworld thing. Okay, nightmare. Okay, nightmare, okay. And I figured, well, we just watched two episodes of Westworld. That probably had something to do with it. I'm done. But, uh, but no, I know people are into that stuff. 
I, I'm not. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So I, I've been, what have I, what have I been watching? Um, because I mean, I've been watching a fair bit. Uh, HBO is a, cl- The Outsider. Have you seen The Outsider? I watched that. Yep. I, I, I actually, li- I actually liked The Outsider. Um, I hate the way it finished. I did too. Very disappointing. It, I think there will be a second season. Okay. By the sounds of it. I mean, the, the way it ends, you'd, you'd think there kind of has to be. Yeah. Big letdown. Big letdown. Yeah. No cliffhanger. Yeah, uh, with the ending there. Uh, Netflix is always fun. Um, and then I, I just recently purchased, uh, probably a couple months ago now, uh, an Alexa device. With, oh yeah, with, with the okay. screen. Oh, and so that's in in the kitchen. And whenever I'm doing uh, cooking, your or, Instagram stories are fantastic. Uh, that's I, on my playlist. I appreciate that, Steve. You're too kind. But but uh, Leon Bridges is always a classic. Oh okay. You know, music choice yeah. for me, which okay. is which is fun. But anyway, it's. We're just trying to get by, you know. You know the hardest part about this whole quarantine thing for me is uh, is is trying my my best not to impulse buy. Oh golly, like like that is oh, hard. Because why did you bring this up? You're sitting at home, <laughs> right? And and I and I, I, I I'm pretty productive working yeah. from home. Uh, d- granted, depending on the day, right? I've got a a one month old newborn baby, so he has good days and bad, more good than bad, which is good. But occasionally, shout you know, out to Freddie. Shout out to Freddie. There's an afternoon where the little fella just won't won't stop crying, yeah. you know. And mum puts him on the you know what, and he sh- shuts up for about an hour, and might fall asleep for half half an hour now. But then he's back at it again. So, um, depending on my productivity, determines basically you know the impulse buying aspect of uh, things. Uh-huh. But it's hard, you know, not not to get caught in <sighs> that. Dude, I'm telling you this. This quarantine stuff, it makes you buy the stupidest stuff. I, have you, you know, made any impulse buys? Yes. Okay. And I'm I'm so stupid. So obviously, like, looking at me, you would never guess this, but I go to the gym every day. The, it's a see, habit. I am proud of you. Yeah. But I, I go to the gym so I can eat what I want. That's Are that's my reason. still? Here and there. Okay. You know, the, I shouldn't have asked An that hour question. a day, I'm on the keto diet. Um, you know, and so the gyms are shut down. I don't know what to do with myself. And so I tell myself, well, you know, I've got to work out somehow. I'm going to start running outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go to Striders, my local Striders, and, you know, they were great helping me out. And I spent $200 on shoes, on running uh, shoes. Is Striders like a uh, Salt Lake running co? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. And I haven't even gone running yet. Did you buy the Hoka's? No, I bought uh, some New Balance. Oh, okay. New Balance is good. Uh, I bought uh, the ugliest pair of shoes known to mankind. Some hokas. Some hokas. But, but <laughs> I've this had was hokas like, before. This was like I know. two years ago. When, yeah. Because now they kind of make shoes. They're not all that attractive shoes, no. shoes even still today. But back in the day, a couple of years ago, I mean, they were they were horrific. Horrific. You know? Yeah. It's like, what? On? But it's like <laughs> you're, you're walking or running on clouds. Oh, it's fantastic. So uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, so get out, getting out and running is. So I gotta like that's that's my issue. As I, uh, you know, I spent a big bulk of money of my money on some shoes and I haven't even used them. So that's my issue. Yes, yes. This that, quarantine, man, it's messing with us. It is messing with <laughs> us. Um, that's that's probably gonna do it for this episode. We, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, big shout out to Nate Wade Subaru again, twenty one oh seven South Main Street, Salt Lake City. Utah, just minutes from 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 downtown, uh, oldest Subaru dealership in all of North America. If you don't feel like going into uh, into the dealership, they they don't blame you. They're not asking you to do so, um, but but they do they do recommend when the time is right 
to to stop by and and just hang out. Um, in the meantime, you can check out all their new vehicles, pre-owned vehicles, the deals they have going on at natewade.com. Uh, Steve, until next week. We'll be back at it. We'll be back week. at it. We'll have more questions, hopefully a guest. Yes. Uh, but but in the meantime, check out sbartle247 uh, on Twitter, myself at Tom Can't Hack it. And then, of course, your uh, your Ute Zone yeah. stuff. That's... We're still doing stuff at Ute Zone, still finding things to write about. And that's UteZone.com. Uh, do you have like a do you have like a quarantine membership deal going on right now? No, but a lot of our content is free right now. So Good. even if you're not a member, if you're not a VIP member, which you know we will have deals coming up and that kind of thing, it just doesn't seem like the right time to be asking sure. people to sign up for football when there's no sports. You know what I mean? So, but we're running a lot of free content. Head on over there, check it out, read up. Uh, we've we, we you know we we love our members that are supporting us and that kind of thing. And shout out to those guys. Uh, we've got a great um, message board with a lot of interaction on on the daily. We talk a lot about what's going on with the happening happenings of the world. So if you want to check us out, check us out. Um, but we are running just a lot of free content that you can read up on and, and kind of take your mind off of things as well. It's a very loyal fan base is this Utah yes. football one. And I know the guys over at Ute Zone as well as uh, us here at KSL Sports appreciate that. Don't forget kslsports.com, your one-stop shop for all your sporting needs locally. We say so long, goodbye, be safe. Be safe. Follow the health experts. Uh, wash your hands. Guidelines, wash your hands more. Uh, I, I have washed my hands more than I have in my Holy entire smokes. life. Yeah. Like three, four times an hour. Yeah. I, my hands are probably going to be losing some color here. I know. Toilet paper's going out uh, going out of the stores. I think moisturizer here in a second will be as well. My hands are dry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Until next week, we say so long. Man.